Listen up, you beautiful, beautiful people. From the shadow of Graceland, it's the 901 Soccer Podcast. I'm Scotty Smith, and I'll be your host. We are part of the Beautiful Game Network. For USL Podcast across this great nation of ours, go to bgn.fm. It's a lovely Monday morning in the Memphis area. Thank God and Peter Freund that we have professional soccer. That was fun, wasn't it? I mean, that was amazing. 7,300 people on a chilly March night. We had the drums, the flags, the smoke. At one point, we were singing the same song for 10 straight minutes. And on top of all that, we got a point. Scored our first goal in history. That was cool. We'll talk to Jason Heitman about that goal. We'll talk to him about what it means for Elliot Collier on a big night for him. Jason Heitman is one of our 901soccer.com writers. Wrote a great piece on his transition from being a American an, an American football fan his whole entire life to being a passionate, obsessive soccer fan. You can go back and look at that article. You might have to scroll back a little bit on 901soccer.com. So Jason's going to break down this match for us, and by uh, him doing that, allowed me to act like an idiot in the supporters group, so I appreciate that. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the 901 Soccer Podcast. Jason, welcome aboard, sir. How are things? Thank you, Scotty. Thank you for having me on your wonderful podcast again. And they're uh, they're pretty good, considering we got a point out of yesterday's We did. We got uh, a point. Endeavor. First point in history. It doesn't mean we get to, you know, make T-shirts celebrating that or anything along those lines. But uh, <laughs> we will uh, – it we'll take it and be really, really excited about it. Uh, Bluff City Mafia was actually singing, uh, we got a point, we got a point. And so – uh, uh, it, I, it's fun, man. I don't know. There's something fun about it. It's the it's the first point in history. I know that like it's not supposed to be that big of a deal because it's just a point. But at the same time, first point in history, it's kind of fun. And first goal, and I think that was the bigger deal, right? It was the first. It was the first goal Correct. in history, and um, and so that was fun. So let's let's uh, let's kind of start there, and we'll get into some other things. What did you see on the goal itself? How would you uh, describe it, and and what went what went well during uh, what led to uh, the first goal in 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 the history of Memphis Nine Hundred One FC? Yeah, so I would categorize that goal as like one hundred percent Memphis, very gritty, kind of scruffy goal. Um, uh, Collier, I was, you know, I, I was kind of hard on him last match just, uh, from situations, but I feel like he played much better, um, specifically in his ability to control the ball. Uh, and he just kind of, you know, we, we were just constantly trying to ping the ball into the box and it wasn't working. And he just kind of picked, he just kind of picked the game up by the scruff of the neck and took a, took an opportunity. And thankfully two of their defenders tried to nick at his shins and they both missed. And he was able to slip through and, and put a move on the other defender and slot one home. And I, I could have swore that the keeper got at least a finger or something on him. But, look, he hit it hard enough, and that's all that matters. You know, it was it was true. 
and it went right where it needed to go, and he beat the keeper, and that's all that matters. Yeah, and in his um, celebration, I, when I first saw it on the replay, I thought, oh, please, please, please tell me he's not dabbing. Uh, but he was not dabbing. He, yeah. He, he was, was kissing, kissing his, his armband. armband. He had a black armband on. And for those who don't know, Elliot Collier is from New Zealand. And the day before or two days before, uh, depending on what time zone you're in, uh, we had a situation where 40, at the time we thought 49 people had lost their lives. Yesterday there ended up being a 50th person who uh, died as a result of a mass shooting at a mosque in Christchurch, New Zealand. And Elliot Collier actually mm -hmm. knew one of the people who lost their lives. And so this was a highly emotional moment. Um, and it was a really big deal for him. And, and, and those are the kinds of things yeah. that when we look back on this game and we think back on the first goal in Memphis 901 history, it won't be just like, oh, yeah, yeah, Elliot Collier scored the first goal. It was like a big deal because of the circumstances uh, that had happened during the course of the week. Yeah, I just, you know, and props to him. I can't imagine playing in a game like that, especially being so far away from home. Uh, something that kind of, you know, that especially something as drastic and as life-changing as that event was for that community. And, you know, props to him. So, you know, we we may, you know, be maybe topsy-turvy in terms of our relationship with every player, but at the end of the day, you got to give it to the give it to them, especially for putting it all out there. But all in all, like, um, I guess the second part of your question, they played much better. Uh, I don't know if that was just by design, based on the way we were set up, or just uh, the quality of the opponent we were playing against. I mean, I, I'm not entirely sure. I mean. It's a long season, so there'll be much to look at as, over the course of the year. But <clears throat> I felt like defensively, other than that one situation, which truth be told, that goal was kind of fluky. Um, that 16-year-old, uh, um, I can't think. Yeah, Griffin, is this your son's name? name, his name of yeah. <laughs> A-O-W, Griffin Yao. And if he's 16 Correct. years old and putting, you know, and, and I thought he played well in other aspects of the game. I mean, this may be a guy that we kind of need to keep our eye on because he's obviously impressed a lot of people up in the D.C. area. Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, like his shot, like he was just taking an opportunity that he saw and he just got he got a lucky bounce. And sometimes yeah. that happens. Uh, keeper was too far forward and there was not much they could have done. I mean, you can overanalyze that. But truth be told, at the end of the day, it's just – it was just a lucky – it was just luck of the draw. So, some people on Twitter and, were saying it took a deflection. Did you see anything that, uh, like, that resembled a deflection there? I thought it's – I can't remember if it was Muckett or um, or if it was Hodge. I can't remember who was standing in front yeah. of him. There was two people. But I could have swore yeah, it went off I, one of their shins. Uh, just the way that it – the trajectory coming off his foot and then how it changed and had that massive yeah. rainbow arc – uh, into the corner, the corner of the net. But still, uh, I mean, it's a goal either way, right? I mean, you know, a goal's a goal. Correct. We're yeah. Down a goal, it's early uh, in the match, and and you got to kind of fight back from those things. Found ourselves down a goal early. That's a repeating theme, right? So two matches, we uh, yeah. found ourselves down a goal early, and then you got to fight back from that situation. And uh, possession seemed to be really in our favor. 
uh, during this match. One interesting note, going back to Elliot, Elliot Collier, um, about what was different last week from this week, and he said Tampa Bay wasn't here to play soccer. They just wanted to kick us. <laughs> you know, they were just out, yeah. there, out there to hack us. Yeah. And he said with, uh, you know, with, with Loudon, it was like they were a more technical side, and it was it was they were actually out there playing soccer. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think their scoreline uh, the previous week is indicative of their playing style. Like I thought, they were a very aggressive team. Um, they 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 could have skinned us a few times. There was a few moments that uh, just I think the overarching issue that we're having yeah. is communication, and I think a lot of that just comes down to these guys have not right. played a lot together. And that's going to take time. And there's just a couple of moments you just somebody was thought someone else was going to be somewhere and an errant pass or, you know, poor defensive marking or whatever it may have been. But there was a couple of situations that they could have skinned us. But I guess that's the same to say on our end, because we had one specific clear cut chance that easily could have won us the game in, in you know, in hindsight um, and Rashawn Dolly's attempt, if he had, and if you look back at on the replay, like, of course, you can overanalyze it, but he I, I don't know if he just saw that the keeper was already spread and he could possibly squeeze it between there uh, in the five hole. But uh, he I guess he could have pushed it anywhere else. And that keeper that their yeah. keeper was already set and he probably could have taken it. But, you know, it is what it is. And the more opportunities that guy gets, I think the better off he'll be. And plus, like what? He's, still kid, he's just right? out of college, so he played he's... for Quinnipiac last year, and, and they play in uh, a conference. I mean, look, the USL is just a big step up, right? And so, and he was a guy who yeah. was known as a goal scorer. He scored a lot of goals. But look, at Quinnipiac, honestly, what's he playing in front of? I mean, a good crowd is probably looking at maybe a couple hundred people, probably. Um, yeah. And here he is out in, in front of 8,000. This is his true rookie season. He was drafted in the 2019 yeah. MLS draft. So it was his, it's his true rookie season. And the stage is probably a little big for him. But when he was heading one-on-one with the keeper, I was like, please, just go right or left, right or left. It's coming right at us. And I was like, right <laughs> or left, right or left, right or left. And he just went dead center. And that is kind of a move that will come with experience. You take Rashawn Dolly in the exact same situation next year, maybe even later this year, and he goes right or left of the keeper. Yeah. I think in a lot of – because you could look back at last week too that he just – there were situations that he took too many touches. And I almost wonder because he had a great – his first touch was great to bring the ball down and and continue his run. I almost wonder that if he had maybe in this situation not overthought it and pushed it to a side and maybe gone around the keeper. But, you know, hey, it's his opportunity. He, he's got to learn what works you best for see, him. And You can see you know, it, though, those, right? You can see the raw talent, right? Yeah. I, mean, like... I, I would say my only complaint from the game, and Alan touched on this last week as well, is that we just leave too much space yeah. in the midfield that we don't have anyone to control it. However... I, I, if I were to, like, Dan Mesker, that that guy, that yeah. guy is everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And he he has an incredible yeah. motor. And last last night, he specifically either started an attack or saved us from conceding, you know, or giving them a really opportune chance to, to, to slot one home. Um, him, 
And then when uh, Weston Paul, yeah. number 23, hopefully yeah. I'm saying his name correctly, when they when they were on for that brief period, they that, there was just so much link play in the middle. Like, it was all coming together. And, and maybe that's what led that whole proceeding and, you know, Loudon having to commit more to the midfield and not just having to push everybody right. out wide uh, and having extra men to cover. Like, I wonder, you know, I, <clears throat> I'd have to go back and watch it from the replay again, but just from the consensus of how he was playing and, you know, how we were all talking about it, I uh, I like him, and I, I would like to see Weston Paul start so the match. He did a lot or in maybe... preseason, and then he just kind of didn't when the season came around. But he is a, he's a guy who got yeah. called up to the Trinidad and Tobago national team. He'll be with them this week, along with Dwayne Muckett, and, uh, and Hodge will be there too. And we actually – now, this is the what we heard yesterday – uh, again, with the press conference, is that um, those three will actually be back for our Bethlehem Steel match. They will not miss a match. They're going to fly down. Yeah, I know. Oh, wow. They're probably going to fly down. They probably, already, uh, they probably flew down today. Um, they'll train with the first team or with the with their national team with uh, TNT, and then they will um, actually play a match on Wednesday, fly back to Memphis maybe Thursday, and uh, and make the trip with us up to Bethlehem. Which is amazing. Uh, that's a really long and busy week for him, but uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't take too much Ooh. out of him. That I, I almost wonder if he'll even start. If he'll start all three yeah. of them, I wonder if he'll he'll. I also got to give something to I. I like both of what they can do, and and Dolly, and Collier, but I almost wonder sometimes they don't need to both right. be out there. Like you can you can alternate them, you know. If you wanted to bring one in at like sixty five and still have that target yeah, man ability, right. you could. But same thing is that pass, and I believe it was Sandoval who passed it back to Collier, just being, you know, almost kind of being the target man in a way, uh, being able to kind of control that back line. I want to see more of him in a sense that he has more time to link up with Namja, um, and Muckett. And just like all of our creative players that always are stuck out on the wings, I, I want to see them. I, I think I can see the pieces. I just want to see yeah. it formulate on, on a yeah. formation and like the, the responsibility. You know, that's of that one player. of the things that Seamus uh, was talking about last night after the game. He says, I want to see somebody who is willing to take a chance, right? A br- he said, I want to see some bravery. Yeah. I want to see some creativity. There's a lot of guys who are obviously coached, well coached technical players but i want to see somebody with some creativity now somebody has to play the 10 against bethlehem and this is where it gets a little bit interesting yes uh leston paul will be back but he's going to be probably a little tired like you mentioned Muckett is a guy who played the 10 at in in the trinidad and tobago first division he's a guy who could play the 10 i would love to see him there i've been on the record many times to say and play Muckett at the 10 and and here's the thing. Somebody's got to play there because Adam Najem is going to be with um, Afghanistan's national team. Najem. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I'm, it's still learning no, no, some, of, some it. of these guys' names. But he's going to be there. Like, he'll be gone, right? So somebody has to play in the yeah. team. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Paul? Is it going to be Muckett? Is it going to be like we switch these guys out? Are we going to see somebody that we haven't seen yet? Is Sandoval going to come in and play in that 10 role, which we know he can do? So there are a lot of questions about who will play in Najem's spot when we travel up to Bethlehem. I'll tell you something else. You can't sleep on Bethlehem 
because uh, those guys have got some skill. They played really well at the end of last year. They took the Pittsburgh uh, Riverhounds, who had a great season, to penalty kicks and won in the playoffs at Pittsburgh. And then uh, last week against Birmingham, they, there's you know a YouTube video that I've mentioned before that has got gotten some play this week of a beautiful little piece of skill involving three teammates, one, two touches, and, and just like some really cool stuff. And then they only lost one nil to the to North Carolina FC last night, the team that had basically destroyed the two-time defending champion Louisville City. I think I think Bethlehem's a yeah. pretty good team. Um, we're gonna have to. I, I would say this: if we come away with a point against Bethlehem, I think that should be a source of pride. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you, and especially as I think going up against any existing team that were on the that was in the upper half of the yeah. USL last year, and you could you could steal yeah. a point from them. That's a huge win because. I mean, like a lot of these other organizations and trying to build our way into this, this league, like you're going to have to mm-hmm. take your lumps and, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with an up and down season. If you see, you know, the existence of like, quite a, if you brought up a good point or you reminded me of something, there was a portion of that game that the first time, and I know there's only been two games, but there was, it was in the latter half or like more in the middle side of the second half. Like there was some great triangle link play between like Metzger and Leston, uh, Leston Paul. And I think Muckett was involved a few times. Like there was just quick, you know, quick little passes down the side. And we were just running loud and ragged up against those edges. And I was like, no, I want to see more of this, more of this, more of this. And then they would stop doing it. I don't know by design of like how we were trying to play offense um, or, or what exactly it was. But I feel like too often the ball gets to our back line and our, our first reaction yeah. is just to hoof it. And I, I, I feel like because of the way when we drift back in with our midfield, like we have guys that have one good holding play uh, and two that, you know, can find mm-hmm. the pass. It's not always going to be there, but you know, I, I, I just kind of, and I, I, maybe that's what Seamus was getting at as well. Like I, I would rather give them the chance to fail and learn from it than like always play it yeah. safe. You know what I mean? I, I and look. There's going to be situations this year where, where we're going to get drubbed. It's just going to happen. We're going to get beat for nothing by somebody. Well, the, and just the because, good news well, is there's no expectations, right? At least not. A, yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Now you'll get a you'll no, get a different story be. from the coaches in the front office, but from us, there really are no expectations. Yeah, I just I want to see some. I, I'm with Seamus on that. I want to see him take some chances. And if, if you get skinned, okay, fine. Learn from it and change it. But don't, like, completely shell yourself off and don't just, you know, try to play desperation football. Like, you know, and really really try to work it. Because those moments, I, I honestly believe that's what was building them confidence. And they're like, oh, we can string these together. We can we can do this. You know, this is what's happening. And then maybe that's what gave Elliot, you know, the additional confidence. Is like, I'm just going to take a shot. I'm just going to rip it out here and see what happens. And, you know, it worked. And I know Muckett also was the one that came, it was like literally maybe a minute later in that same position came across and fired that shot and just, just on the outside of the post. But I think, uh, I think that'll just help them. It'll help them build confidence. And they're, look, they're a, they're a solid team. You know, it's just going to take time to mesh. I feel like there are good pieces there and it's going to work well. 
Uh, it's just, and it helps that we have an amazing goalkeeper. That's right. I know people want to kind of, pin, I know people want to kind of pin him for you know being too far off his line on that one goal. But truth be told, like he's playing in position to help his defenders, and you know it just there was a couple other situations in the game where, you know, I was a little worried because of the way our defense was playing and they were throwing some balls in, and he he has the confidence to go and nab them, and that's you want a guy that's that's tough and strong and feels confident in his own ability you know he's not shaken and i i have not seen him shaken even even in the first four minutes against the rowdies like he that did not shake him and i'm hoping that he is i hope i hope there isn't a clause that they can just come back and take sadly there is there is (laughs) i know i know and it's 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 a sad thing like i worry about that like it's there are very few things yeah. that I worry about in season one, but my one of my biggest worries is okay. Well, and now look, Scott Levine, very capable keeper, and that you know if he if that does happen, I have confidence in Scott Levine. What I don't like is a, a and I'm, I'm going to soapbox here for a minute is an American system that allows that to you could just pull yeah. a player back in the middle of the season. So Sean Johnson goes down in New York City, and they put their backup in. And they say, no, uh, Memphis, look, we got to have Caldwell because we're only down to one keeper here. I know they got others in the system, but, like, I, they don't have any others that are better than Caldwell as far as, like, and they wanted to get him real game experience, and that's the reason why he's here. But at the same time, you know, if they have an injury to a keeper, they can call him back any time, and I'm a little – I'm just – I'm worried that that's going to happen because injuries happen, right? That's just the – the nature of yeah. the game. But I'll also tell the audience that you are a guy who you don't mess around when it comes to, like, if a if a goalkeeper is not doing what he's supposed to, you'll call him out on it as a goalkeeper yourself. So this is a guy that from day one you have really, really liked. Oh, he's my favorite player. Like, if I, I want to get I want to get the keeper <laughs> kit just so I can I can rep him. But yeah, like I, I feel like it starts with a with a good spine, and I think there are capable, competent, well coached players in our spine already. I just you kind of see it's kind of like a frequency, you know, like the, the waves are kind of everywhere right now. Eventually, we'll reach that harmonic point of being able to consist together, and I think when that happens, we'll be a very tough team yeah. to beat. Um, we may always be inconsistent office offensively, but I feel like I can see. I could see the groundwork for a great defense. And I know that's boring to some people, but truth be told, like, you know, if we're going to lose, okay, fine. If it's like one, nothing, that's okay. Sure. I, we just didn't take our chances accordingly, but I don't want to be a haphazard team that just gets, you know, run all over the, the field or the pitch because we're not prepared defensively. But I, I do have to say, I guess one thing before I forget about it, shout out to not only the entire fans, but bless city mafia once again, because I was a little worried that because of the basketball tournament and because of St. Patty's day, like it was going to kind of dwindle the numbers down, but like what, it was only like 400 yeah, people less like than it was yeah, the it was first game. Great crowd. I'm like, uh, yeah, if, th- if this is the consistent thing, now maybe that'll change when it's like 95 yeah. degrees and 98% humidity maybe. this summer, but, but, but we are going to move the kickoffs <laughs> back to seven thirty at that point, but still, I mean, That's I, true. I would say this, I, I almost think that last night's number, was more impressive than the opening game number. 
Oh, because for like yeah. any every, anybody wants to go to like the first of something in history, right? It's like, oh, this is the first of this game in history. This is a cover, but but we didn't have that last night. We didn't have the oh, this is the first one in history. I've got to be there for it. We just had over seven thousand people that decided that they wanted to show up. I think it was you know seventy three hundred or something like that. That decided they wanted to show up for soccer on a. Saturday night after the St. Paddy's Day parade had already happened, after Memphis had just played in the AAC tournament. And I know there was probably some overlap there, but, man, it was just mm-hmm. great to have that many people out of the game again. Yeah. I mean, shout out to the city. And it's just a constant, you know, especially as being an out-of-towner. Like, it's uh, – and somebody who came from a city that had failed, you know, I guess lower than MLS League mm-hmm. soccer. Um and now is getting their second shot at third it. shot. But, uh, yeah, that's true. It is their Austin. Uh, we're, we're referencing Austin in this situation, but uh, no, it's just it's in, it's incredible, and it's it's just. And I, I I didn't get to say it previously, but you know, at work, there were so many people, and I like again, I am. You mentioned it in the previous podcast. Like I am the the soccer friend for a lot of people, <laughs> right? And they're like, hey man, like I went and saw blah blah blah, and this was awesome, and I was like, please please keep yes. going like you know go just get us get a ticket to sit just learn the game learn to love it like trust me once people get in with the sport it's in it just sinks its claws into you in, in such a good way yeah. and i hope people continue that and maybe even bring people from outside of the the immediate i guess shelby county or 901 area code or 662 area code and People will start coming to these games more, but yeah. we'll see. So. Yeah, man, it's 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 just so much fun. I mean, it really is, and I think people are learning that for the first time and uh, mixing in a little something different in their lives, and that's that's good for everybody, right? Need it. I have a request for any of the players and our coaching staff that listen: please score a goal on the Bluff City Mafia side, and I want to see somebody like basically jump into the stands because. <laughs> You you guys are so hyped up and you, you could just the, the tension from that that Rashawn when Rashawn had yeah. his chance like you could just see I you I, I remember looking at the angle and you could see everybody and it was just like there's like uh, 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 <laughs> but you know <laughs> but that's okay because like the the goal like somebody had what we've said what this is really really cool people we don't even know are taking pictures and videos from the section and they may be sitting a little Mm -hmm. bit back in the section and like taking pictures of things through the smoke or like getting a video of a red, yellow and blue stripe smoke coming up. And then like, there's one picture uh, that somebody posted on the Slack today that has like the players running back towards their end and just this wall of smoke in front of them and it looks so cool and man it's just i haven't seen that yet i'll check it out it's great and so like all of those things are fun right but now and this is the last Mm -hmm. thing that i'll you know that we'll we'll kind of start sort of start to wrap up i'll tell you one thing let me brag for a second on our front office okay (laughs) so yesterday because i don't know yesterday i talked to both craig unger and uh andrew bell and they were both like 100 percent 
So uh, here I am. I'm complimenting. Hey, man, last week went great. Everything. Well, you pulled it off with the opening match. We had over 8,000 people here. I never thought that was going to happen in Memphis. Blah, 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 blah. I'm just like rambling on about the first game and how great I thought it was. Both of them laser focus on getting three points. They didn't care about any of that stuff. They didn't care yeah. about any of yeah. that stuff. They were just like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's all well and good, but we've got to get these three points. And it was just like winning. Uh, like their minds yeah. were on winning. And I, I think that's uh, extreme. like it's really to be commended. Of course. And the thing is, it's like it's not just the winning aspect. It's putting on a, comp, a good effort, yeah. you know, like and that's another thing. I think is, I don't know if it's just a testament of the people who are already soccer fans or football fans in the city and they understand this importance, but I love that no matter what happens, we applaud the team off the field. And that is, that is such an important facet to this game that I, I was even in the, the, especially in the first game, because you got to think there's a lot more people there that don't know as much about the sport. And they, they took the time because that doesn't happen in other American sports. Like we spend more time booing than we do like, you know, applauding the, the, because it's a show, right. you know, you're there for entertainment. Yeah. Yes. You want your team to win. You want to feel that elation of that, uh, that occurring, but at the same time, like it's a show, it's entertainment. It's to take your mind off whatever the doldrums of your regular life or the highs and lows, whatever it may be. Like that's what makes this special. And I was, I was really taken, I was taken back by that. Like, wow, this, the city gets it. Like, this is, this is what it's supposed right. to be like. And I, and I hope, yeah. And that's, and, and, you know, you know, props to the front office as well for making sure that they give the best product they possibly can. And, you know, the experience, the only thing that I, I he, he reminded me of something, the only thing that's funny is when Collier scored, he ran to the left. I maybe had a dislike, uh, dislike habit, but then he ran over there and you can always see like, oh, wait, there's nobody over here to celebrate <laughs> with. <laughs> and yeah, that's why I, I hope that's a chemistry that thing. future that's goals. A chemistry thing. They're yes. going to get the goal celebration down. <laughs> They, uh, I hope that they have the opportunity to score on on our yeah. end, so they can they can pick and choose wherever they would I like to go. I think it's really cool it's... that, like, uh, you know, his. I mean, obviously, his teammates were really really happy for him, you know, and yeah. and some of them, you know, including Caldwell. I think Caldwell was the main one in this. I think this was a commercial appeal article that Caldwell was like. I mean, look, let's let's face it. They, these guys basically just met, right? Like, I can't think of any. Yeah. I can't. I'm trying to think. Elliot Call, uh, Collier came up through. I mean, not came up through, but it was signed by Chicago Fire. Caldwell was drafted by uh, NYCFC. Caldwell was at the University of Virginia for a little while with the Loudon keeper, uh, Brown. I can't think of any yeah. reason why Collier and Caldwell would have crossed. And what Caldwell talked about was wanting to do this for Collier the day after the New Zealand shootings, right? So, like, already those guys in that locker room care about each other. And he was like, yeah, we wanted this for him. and You know, we're so happy that he got to have this moment and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, they really legitimately care about each other and what's going on in their lives. And I remember Wes Sharpie when he was on the pod saying, you know, basically, it's my experience that if you put a, if you put some guys in a locker room for six or seven days, those relationships already start to kind of form, yeah. right? 
and that's a that's a really really cool thing. I, I really do think that we got a great group of guys, um, and and chemistry is a something that they continue to work on. That is going to improve. You mentioned the one to one and two touch passing that will improve. Um, yeah. You know, and and I think that we are on the way towards um, some chemistry that you know might not have been there. Uh, in that first match. So we saw improvement, baby steps, got a goal, got a point, baby steps. We're getting there. We just got to uh, continue to improve. And I think we're on that path. Yeah, I would agree. All right, man. Well, I uh, appreciate you uh, joining us here today. Uh, spot on analysis. And uh, I know you're about to, to hit the road traveling. And uh, also, thank you just personally uh, for your role in uh, in the, the Anna De La Rosa thing. You're working hard for St. Jude. And uh, we all appreciate uh, we all appreciate what you're doing for St. Jude. So uh, doing some traveling for St. Jude this week. Safe travels. Have a good trip, and we will see you back here when you uh, return. We'll talk some more soccer. Sounds good. Thank All you, right. Scotty. Thanks, That's going to wrap it up for this week. The boys are out of town on the weekend. They'll be playing at Bethlehem Steel, but there are still festivities. The Cavern at the Brass Door will be showing the match against Bethlehem Steel. It'll be on CW30 and ESPN+. Plus. At least that's what we understand the arrangements to be. Uh, and Bluff City Mafia will be meeting in the cavern at the Brass Door Irish Pub. Check it out. If you've never watched an away match with friends, it's a pretty incredible experience. So do that this weekend while we're waiting for the lads to come home. All right. Everybody have a great week, a safe week, and thank you for listening to the 901 Soccer Podcast.